What's up, Fresh Life? How y'all feeling today? We got some people in the room today, and I know a lot of you are worshiping online, and I just have to say, it is a complete honor and privilege to be able to communicate to a body of believers that has inspired my life so much under the leadership of Levi and Jenny Lusco. And y'all, let me tell you something. Once you kind of, you know, get into doing your little thing and you're traveling around and you're meeting people, you begin to put a high premium on authenticity because there are a lot of people that are there for a lot of different reasons. But I remember specifically bumping into Pastor Levi at the Kayla Fan Awards, and he's preaching, okay? This is a televised event. It's at like the Ryman or something, a historic thing, so I'm thinking this is a big deal. But I'm, I stop him, I'm like, hey, bro, I just wanna let you know, I love your ministry, I appreciate you so much, what you've communicated into my life and sown into my life unknowingly. And he turned around and he looked at me and he planted his feet and he looked me dead into my eyes and talked to me for like five minutes. <laughs> and I was just like, who does that? <laughs> you know, it almost made me nervous. I was like, do I look away or do I keep looking? <laughs> but seriously, that's who you are as someone that takes time for people. And you didn't know me or anything about me and you took time to have a conversation and that has grown and it just means a lot to be here. And I believe that your pastor is one of the best communicators in the world. He's like no one else. He ain't trying to be nobody but himself. He's brilliant, he's anointed and uh, very inspiring to me. So. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. You may be seated. Those of you at home, you know you're already sitting down anyways. Don't act like you've been standing this whole time. It's a privilege to be able to communicate God's word to you all today. Uh, I am just out of my mind excited. First of all, just to be here in Montana. I know that you're watching from all over the world, but to be here in Montana is a dream come true. Came in, I woke up this morning with a view of the mountains. And a song came into my heart. It was like, hills and valleys. Shameless plug. You can go download that. <laughs> Shameless. I wasn't really singing, though, just so y'all know. I'm not trying to stunt up here. But I want to uh, give us some context for this new year that we have all been thrust into together off of the heels of 2020 and 2021. And I know that many of you probably like me. I am a goal-oriented person. I am an achievement-oriented person. And so I'm actually trying to deconstruct some of that because how many of y'all know you can set the right goals from the wrong motivation? So I've been trying to take my time and make sure that my ambition is not vain ambition, that it's kingdom ambition. And I'm trying to turn my heart toward, uh, away from platform and toward people. And so I'm taking my time setting my goals because I want them to be what I feel is from the Lord. But I've been dialing in this concept 
that I have to slow down as I set the intention and the direction for my life in 2021. I believe that 2020, perhaps that's the biggest takeaway, that we have to learn how to hit the pause button in our lives so that we can do and be equipped for what God has called us to. And so today I want to take us on a little journey, and I'm going to be calling this conversation progress is a process progress is a process now I know we've heard all of these words so many times we've heard about the process in church we've heard about progress in church and we've heard a million sermons about this but I'm going to speak to you from where I'm at today if you would would you pray with me wherever you're at Jesus thank you for your word it is alive and it is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. God, we pray that our ways would be illuminated, that we would be able to see you clearly so that we can follow after you and the things that you have for us. God, I lay myself aside. I pray that you would speak with purity through your servant today. I pray that we would have ears to hear, hearts to receive, that this good seed would be invested into good soil. We ask this in Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen. A to the men, y'all. Progress is a process. When we look at the onset of time, we see this creator God who has all power, as we learn through scriptures and as we learn through our life experiences, to do what he wants, when he wants, how he wants to do it. He is omniscient. He knows it all. He is omnipresent. He is in it all. And yet he is so big, he is outside of it all and considers time as an object. And as he stands looking at the vast darkness that we read about in Genesis, the scripture says that the earth was void and formless and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And God begins to speak. And he begins to create. It's evening, and it's morning. And he takes his time and steps back from the canvas, considers it, and says, that's good. The next day, he creates, and it's evening, and it's morning. And he steps back from the canvas And rest. Comes back day three. It's evening and it's morning. And a creative process is happening. And at the end of every day, although he has a bigger vision in mind, although he has an expected end, although he sees it, in full color, he's able to step back from what is unfinished and say, 
that's good. And he takes his time doing it. We're talking about an entity, a being, that could have just had the thought to have the thought, and it would have been. He could have just breathed, and the worlds that we know would come into existence. And yet it's evening, and it's morning, and he steps back and says, that's good. He wasn't in a hurry to create the vision that he had in his heart. And so my question that I've been asking myself and the question that I'm asking you is, if God is not in a hurry and he can call where he's at good, why are we? Why can't we? I am so destination-oriented, y'all. I want to get there, and I want to get there now. People say patience is a, a virtue. I say hustle is a virtue. Let's go and let's do it now. Pastor Levi, text me. I want you to come preach. Is Monday good? I'll be there. Let's do it now. Why wait? But progress is a process, and God establishes this paradigm for his creation in the way that he created the world. He wanted to let us know that good things take time and that there is a created pattern for progress. And it is a process. Scripture records 34 miracles performed by Jesus. Now, of course, we know he performed far more miracles than this. John says that if we were to record all of the miracles Jesus performed in a book, there wouldn't be enough books to capture everything that Jesus did. And yet, we never read about Jesus being in a hurry. My iCal alarm's going off. I got to get going. I told them I was going to be here. That girl needs to be raised from the dead. I was supposed to, I'm sorry, woman, that's been struggling with 12 years with the issue of a blood. I, I don't have time. I have to get to my next, no, 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 none, none of that. He was never in a hurry. So why are we? I want it to happen, and I want it to happen right now. Jesus didn't even want to perform his first miracle when he did. <laughs> no, nah, Mom, chill. Not ready yet. Boy, if you don't get over here and make this wine, your mama thirsty. <laughs> Is that sacrilegious? I don't know. So he's... He's thrust into this place of, well, I, I guess I'll do a miracle. And then even that's a process. You mean to tell me the creator of the universe couldn't have just been like, uh, wine. No, here's what I want you to do. I want you to get your team together, organize your team, go get the ceremonial jars I want you to take those jars 
a long ways away. Go fill them up with water. And then when you bring them back, then I'm going to change it. And that's going to take a little time. And we're all going to It was a process. Jesus performed very few instantaneous miracles. And even the miracles that we read about that seem instantaneous, they weren't instantaneous to the person that was blind since childhood. They weren't instantaneous to the guy that's laying by the gate and is just chilling there for years and years and years, broken, wondering if he'll ever be healed. The man that was lowered from the ceiling into the room to be healed by Jesus, it wasn't a short amount of time. They'd lived their whole life. They'd been waiting their whole life for this moment. And yet Jesus is not in a hurry. So if we're trying to pattern our life after the life of Jesus, I have to ask you, who is setting the pace for your development? Who is setting the pace for your dreams? Who is setting the pace for the vision that you feel and believe that God has placed in your heart? Could it be? that we live in cycles of frustration and disappointment and hope deferred because we are trying to hold God to a timeline and an expectation that we have not agreed upon. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Are you placing pressure on yourself or are you feeling God pressure? There's a difference. There is an urgency by the Holy Spirit to do and become what God has called you to do and who he has called you to become. That can be a restlessness. It can feel like an internal conflict where you just know, I'm meant for more. I'm meant to do more. There is more in me. But there has to be a constant purification of our motivations. That's God pressure. But then a lot of times, what's stressing us out and keeping us worried and keeping us anxious is us pressure. I thought... I would be promoted by now. I thought I would be the man by now. I thought I would be married by now. I thought we would have kids by now. But so many times we're running at this frantic pace trying to make things happen when it's not the season that God has ordained for that particular thing to be breathed into existence. The encouraging part of this is we are not the first people to experience the pain of progress, the pain of process. In Exodus, the Bible is sharing with us um, his God's explanation of Moses, of his plan for the people to step into their destiny. And as he is communicating this to Moses, he says, I will not drive them out, speaking of the enemies of the people of Israel, before you in one year, or the land would become desolate and wild animals would multiply against you. Little by little, I will drive them out from before you until you have increased 
and possess the land. I will not drive them out from before you in one year, or the land will become desolate, or the wild animals would multiply against you. Multiplication is going to happen. Whether it happens in your favor or to your detriment is your choice. If we want what God has for us before he wants to give it to us, the things and the, the pressure and the weight of it, the beasts of the field will be multiplying against us. But if we allow God to take his time to allow ourselves to endure this process, then when we step into it, we will be the ones who are multiplied, who are well able to take the land, the dream, the vision, the goal that God has set before us. If you let God do it slowly, he will do it effectively. Don't rush God because he has a plan to increase you. And little by little, God will lead you into what he has promised and purposed for you. It's incremental. It's one step at a time. And when it's happening, you don't even feel like it's happening. Quarantine brought about a lot of things, one being a fourth child, the other being the, the relaunch of Cobra Kai. I'm like, okay, first of all, how does a karate action hero, how are you not in better shape at this point in your life? I'm just like, Daniel son. Never skip leg day. So Cobra Kai is happening, and, you know, the whole thing with Mr. Miyagi and all that, it's living on, you know, through these competing dojos, and it's the next generation. The kids come in, it's like, why am I washing the car? Why am I waxing on and waxing off? Okay, it's not a spa day, ladies. It's martial arts, okay? And uh, it's this whole thing of you don't realize what's happening while you are surrendering yourself to the process. I know it just feels like I'm just getting up one more morning and opening up this Bible and reading a couple verses I don't really understand, but you're being changed in the process. I know you don't really want to have the conversation with the coworker. You've got the mask on. It's awkward, and it feels a little different sharing your faith, but as you begin to express what God is doing in your life, you don't realize God is transforming some things within you, building you, building your story, building your confidence, building your boldness to communicate the gospel to people. A lot of times when it's happening, we don't realize that it's happening. I got to hurry up. Y'all helping me too much, and I'm just getting me all slowed down and messed up. Because if you do it slowly, God will do it effectively. Hey, Levi and Jenny Lusco here, and we are so excited about our 2021 summer internship at Fresh Life Church and the fact that the application window is open right now. Right now, up until March 31st, so you have a window of time 
to sign up. But don't procrastinate, sign up now. Don't be like me. I would probably wait till March 31st, but, but do it do now. Do be like Jenny, who did an internship and met a Levi. So oh, we yes. can't promise you're gonna meet that Mr. Right or that Mrs. Right, but we can't say it won't happen. And we can't say, or maybe we can say, that there have been multiple interns oh, who have met their- Dozens, dozens of people have paired <laughs> off as a result. But that's here, it's not, neither it's here not nor what there. we want you to come for. <laughs> it just could happen. Listen, we would love to have you spend your summer serving so God fun. at our church, exploring Montana, uh, it's accredited if you want college credits for the internship you can get that but well, we would love you to come move out and hang out with us here and serve god at fresh life church so apply now so we see a parallel story we get to look a few layers deeper if we flip over to numbers and we know that the overall the macro was that god would lead them little by little into the promised land and then, of course, we always give the Israelites a hard time because they disobeyed God, and what was going to just be a couple days' journey turned into 40 years, unless they needed the process. Because God wasn't as concerned with getting them to the promised land as developing his people. God is not promised land-oriented with us as far as life and development in the stages that we walk through. He wants to develop something in us because it is the development that happens in us that ultimately leads us to the promised land. And so I love, now this is the new revised standard version, okay? I don't know if this is Fresh Life approved, but it was large print and that's what I wanted. It says, the stages of Israel's journey from Egypt. And the verse says, these are the stages by which the Israelites went out of the land of Egypt in military formation under the leadership of Moses and Aaron. Moses wrote down their starting points. Stage by stage, by command of the Lord. Progress doesn't happen in seconds. It happens in stages. And I've learned that I would rather let God set the stage than me. I would love to set the stage because I would look great on it. <laughs> but the weight would crush me. I want God to set the stage. I had to be nine years old singing in my church choir in a building that only sat 40 people before I could stand on a stage at a conference like Passion Conference where there are four million people watching. Too early, my detriment. And perhaps God cares more about our souls than the opportunities that we so desperately want. How many stages have been sabotaged by our own immaturity, our own lack of development, 
If you want to be able to stand on a stage that lasts, a platform that lasts, a, a, a calling in your life that God has placed upon you that can outlast you, you have to let God set the stage. I don't want to manipulate it to get on the stage. I don't want to use people as scaffolding to climb higher and then remove them as I go. I'm out on all of that. I want God to set the stage. And when the stage is ready, and I am ready, and God is ready, we're going to step on it, and we are going to change the world. It doesn't have to be a stage with a microphone to change the world. You can change the world behind a camera. You can change the world from a cubicle. You can change the world with spreadsheets. But you have to let God set the stage. Let's go. Stage by stage. And don't overlook this. Moses wrote down the starting point of every stage. It's that same Genesis narrative that says, I'm going to step back from what is unfinished and say, that's good too. It doesn't have to be done to be good. I can write down this starting point. Because this starting point is just as significant as the thing that I just finished, as the hill I just climbed, as the thing I just won a victory over. But I'm not going to despise the small beginnings, the starting point. And then it says they set out. They set out from Ramses. They camped in Succoth. Really good preacher joke right there, but I'm going to... I'm going to pass that one up. I mean, some places sucketh, okay? Some places in the process sucketh, but it's true. They set out from sucketh. Don't get stuck in sucketh. Just because it sucks now doesn't mean it's going to last forever. They set out. They went to Etham. They set out in verse 7 from Etham, and they went to a word I can't pronounce. They set out from that word, and they went to Mara, and they came to Elam. And then they set out from Elam, and they camped by the Red Sea. And then they set out from the Red Sea, and they camped in the wilderness of sin. They set out from the wilderness of sin and camped at Dafka. They set out from Dafka and camped at Alush. They set out from Alush and camped at another word that I can't pronounce. But let me just give you the cliff notes, the abbreviated version. They set out 40 times. They kept moving. Say what you want about the Israelites. Say they complained. Say they were ungrateful. Say they committed a idolatry. Say they could have showed up a lot sooner. You can say all that you want, but what you can't say is that they stopped. Come on, somebody. I hope that can be said of you. Yeah, I know I've been in the wilderness of sin. I know I've been in some difficult moments, but I never stopped. I kept going because the race isn't given to the swift, neither to the strong, but to those who endure till the end. Forty times they had 
to set out before they entered the promised land. I'm trying to tell you movement is your responsibility. Movement is our responsibility. Fulfillment is God's responsibility. You keep moving. Don't stay in divorce in that camp of bitterness where you can't mention the person's name without having feelings and emotions. Don't camp there. I know you love the person that you lost, and I know it is heartbreaking, but you can't camp there. You can build a memorial, and you can look back on those memories fondly, and you can treasure those moments, but you can't camp there. You have to keep moving because there is a better place, better days, a promised land for us to experience, but we have to keep moving. We need a movement mentality. It's about one year ago almost that we lost the black mamba, Kobe Bryant. And what everybody loved about Kobe was the, the mamba mentality. I'm going to strike. I'm going to make it happen. There's just a killer instinct in me to win. I think that's awesome in the sports world. But the people of God need a movement mentality. So many of us, we have monument mentalities. We like how it was. We want it to be like that. We don't ever want it to change. My dysfunction is comfortable. My addiction comforts me. My hurt is a place that I can go to. That bitterness that I feel from unforgiveness is me maintaining control. I, I want to stay here. But we have to have a movement mentality. I'm going to take one step and then the other. I am not going to just be in what has been comfortable, even though it's dysfunctional. I want to move. I want to keep moving. They moved 40 times. Side note, 40 is the number of testing. So it took this test of movement to see if the people of God would actually become and go to where they were called to be. The church has to keep moving. But movement starts in the mind. If I don't think it, I'm not going to act upon it. I have to take the time and not be in a hurry and sit down to recalibrate what I value in my life. I say that the development of my children is important to me, but if I don't have the thought to sit down at the dinner table and shut off my electronics and look them in their eyes, I'm ultimately not going to get to the place I intend. So we have to set the direction with our thoughts. So as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. 
the, the thoughts determine the directions of our lives. You're not just going to have a better marriage. You have to think about your spouse. You have to think about a date night. I know we're real practical up in here today, but I'm helping somebody in 2021. I, I, I know, I know you, want, you want to have more opportunities within your workplace. Well, it's not going to happen by hitting the snooze button three out of five days a week. You're going to have to, the night before, pick your clothes out, preferably iron them. Go into work with a great attitude, ready to serve other people. But it's going to take intentional thinking to set the direction of your movement. I was out on tour. This was years ago now. Honestly, like nine years ago. I was on tour with a, a band called Casting Crowns. You know what I'm saying? If you love Casting Crowns, go ahead and throw that in the chat. Right there, your favorite Casting Crown song. Uh, How far the east is from the west. I mean, I was on tour with them. I know all their songs. So I'm on tour with Casting Crowns and this guy named Matthew West. I don't know if anyone has heard of him. Great guy. But some adults still need adult supervision, and that's the case with Matthew. So he actually had his dad out on the road with him, uh, Pastor Joe. And Pastor Joe is an amazing guy and leads a lot of Matthew's uh, ministry for people. And so we're out on the tour, and there's just this spirit of competition that comes along with touring. And so you just find ways to compete, whether it's hooping, playing basketball, or flag football, or whatever. On this tour, we actually played laser tag in an arena Highly recommend it. Five stars on Yelp. But this particular instance, we, uh, we played a mean game of wiffle ball. Okay. And, uh, you know, I'm, you know, 25. You know what I'm saying? I'm in my prime, <laughs> you know. And me and my band, we're all young. We're feeling good. They're stretching. I'm like, who stretches? Are you serious? Now if I don't stretch, I'm in bed for seven days. But they're all, like, getting ready and stuff, and they go out there, and casting crowns is absolutely destroying us. And we're like, guys, we're getting beat by people with goatees. <laughs> this can't happen. We're, what is happening right now? We're young. We're vibrant. This should be easy. So we're, we're just getting destroyed. Pastor Joe comes up. He's like, guys, listen. We only need one good hit, and we can turn this whole thing around. I'm like, it's like, I don't know if you guys ever saw Little Giants. It's like, remember that one time I beat my brother racing down Cherry Hill? <laughs> I don't know about this. I have three boys, so I'm introducing them to all the sports classics from the 90s. But it's like, we need one hit. So the next guy up, I wish it was me because it'd make the story so good. <laughs> and if I was a real preacher, I'd just pretend it was me. But I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Your pastor doesn't do that. He, he doesn't do that. But if you want some names of some people who do, I'll let you out. So steps up, 
Somebody gets a base hit. We're like, dude, yes, base hit. Next guy steps up, base hit. Oh, my gosh, we got two hits, two men on base. Next guy hits it, home run. Everybody comes in, and Pastor Joe is going nuts. Now, mind you, he's like 70 years old, but he is absolutely so excited. He's pumped, and he goes, fellas, Mo is in the game. We're like, who? <laughs> Mo is in the game. I'm going through the tour poster like, Mark, Matthew, Pastor Joe, there's no Mo. He said, oh, yeah, momentum is in the game. And when momentum gets in the game, everything changes. Let me tell you something. Momentum got in this game 2,000 years ago when Jesus got up on a cross and set the process of redemption in motion. And now we just get to ride in the wake of Calvary. I'm already ready for the snowboard. We get to ride in the wake of redemption. Get some momentum in your joy by waking up every morning and saying, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Get some momentum in your peace, knowing that the Spirit of God stands guard at your heart. Get some momentum in your prayer life. All you need is five minutes and then five more minutes, and then five more minutes, and when momentum gets in the game, you feel the wind of the Holy Spirit, and all of a sudden, movement becomes more possible. There's an ease to it. Because when momentum gets in the game, everything changes. Ooh, clap one more time. Last summer, my, uh, you can be seated at home. I know that was really good preaching. You're standing up. You stopped the treadmill just to get off and shout. I'm so grateful. Last summer, my family and I, we started working out together. Now, if you know me at all, you know that I despise working out. Playing sports, 100%. Going to the gym and watching everyone else walk around and throw around 200-pound dumbbells, not my thing. So I'm like, we're going to do these little home workouts. My wife is working out and stuff, so I'm supporting her, doing Jillian Michaels. <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. But all the boys are, like, excited about it. So, of course, they have to take their shirts off. <laughs> I mean, if your shirt's on, are you working out? I don't know. So they come in, they got their shirts off, they've got headbands, wristbands, athletic sleeves, just every possible thing you can imagine, because if you're going to work out, you have to dress up, and it's got to be a whole thing. So we're in there, we're grinding, you know, and we start getting into these sets of these sit-ups and push-ups and stuff, and Kanan is like, oh, this is, this is hard, Dad. I'm like, yeah, bro, it is hard. You're doing good. Let's go. So they're doing it, working out. Lawson's being real funny. He's four. So my boys are seven, four, and three. So they're in there. We're just hustling. Dad, I can't do it anymore. 
they're just giggling, you know. I'm like, bro, if it's getting harder, you're getting stronger. Let's go. And of course, he's like, <laughs> Dad, you're so stupid. I'm like, no. And I got serious. If it's getting harder, you're getting stronger. And he does another setup. And inside, just my father's heart watching these kids just try is like, let's go. If it's getting harder, you're getting stronger. And then Lawson's like, I'm not doing this anymore. I said, boy, you are a Wells. And Wells don't quit. Okay, Dad, we are Wells, and Wells don't quit. If it's getting harder, you're getting stronger. We are Wells, and Wells don't quit. If it's getting harder, fast forward a few weeks, the boys are upstairs playing. Y'all know where this is going. They're playing, and Lawson gets upset. He's crying. Canaan goes over to him and says, Lawson, if it's getting harder, you're getting stronger. We are wells, and wells don't quit. You may not be a wells, but you are a child of God, and children of God don't quit. We do not stop. We keep going. We do not grow weary and well-doing, for we know in due season we will reap a harvest if we faint not. You are a child of God, and children of God don't quit. I know it's painful. I know the odds are stacked against you. I know they are hateful toward you. I know people just want to troll you on social media and troll you at work. Why are you always talking about Jesus? Why don't you come to the club with us? Why don't you do this? You can take one more drink. Hit this. No, 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 no. I'm a child of God. And when it's getting harder, I know that I'm getting stronger. I'm not quitting. I'm not quitting. It may be difficult. I'm not quitting. I may make mistakes. I'm not quitting. Because there's a power inside of me that is greater than he that is in the world. And I will not quit. Progress is a process. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for your power. For that steady voice inside of us telling us we can. That we can become all that we were created to be in you. That you paid the ultimate price for our sin. So that we could have this internal fortitude, the Holy Spirit, that would move us perpetually deeper into your presence and deeper into our purpose. 
So, Lord, I pray right now for those that are worshiping online today, those that have been thinking about giving up, giving up on life, giving up on their relationships, giving up on their marriages, giving up on the vision that you designed for them to accomplish. And I shut the mouth of the enemy and I shut the mouth of insecurity and fear and the things that undermine our purpose. And we declare your word that he who began a good work is faithful to bring it to completion. God, those of us who have been trying to do this in our own strength, I pray that we would surrender to a greater power, a greater strength, a greater source, and that is you. I pray that we would remember that we are not doing this alone. We are not by ourselves, but you are with us. That you go before us and you pave the way. You go behind us and you protect us. You live inside of us and you empower us. We know it's all you. I know that today someone needs to write down a starting point. That you've been on this journey for a while and perhaps you fell on day one. You fell on day 17. You fell on day 1,342. But right now, you can write down a new starting point. So I'm going to pray for you. If you have never made the decision to follow Jesus with your whole heart and your whole life, this moment is for you. I'm going to pray, and I want you, you can pray out loud. You can pray in your heart. Jesus, I know that I have fallen short of what you have called me to do and ultimately who you have called me to be. I am a sinner, and I need a Savior. But I also recognize I don't just need a Savior. I need a leader. I need a Lord. And I want you to be the Lord exclusively. I want your voice exclusively to be the authority in my life. So I ask right now that you would forgive me of every wrong thought, of every wrong action, every wrong motivation. I pray that right now the Holy Spirit would come and inhabit my life and that I would follow after you, believing that the cross was enough for me, that your blood was enough for me, and that when you said it is finished, you were talking about me. You were talking about my past. You were talking about my mistakes and my shortcomings. You saw it all and paid it all. I received that into my life. In Jesus' name, amen.